So I'm going to talk tonight on a topic that I think a lot of people struggle with, and it's cravings. Especially when we diet, we know and we'll probably experience that when we diet, we get hungry. Okay, it is the sort of the biggest response and adaption that our body uses to fight weight loss. And it can suck, right? You know, we get hungry just in general. We also become sort of more like aware of food cravings, more aware of sort of food cues and triggers that basically just make us hungry because our body doesn't like losing weight, okay? So it wants us to eat more and to stop losing weight, essentially. And, you know, like I say, hunger is the biggest one, sort of the biggest adaption that our body uses to try and stop us losing weight, okay? So... How can we manage cravings? I have five tips, I think, for you today, which I find sort of most people struggle with and sort of the most effective tips that I've found to help people. First one is a big one that I'm always talking about, particularly in my private group, and they will vouch for me on this. I'm always shouting at them for this, and it's food environment. Like, what you have around you has such a huge effect on what you eat and what you crave. Now, the biggest thing that I will say about this is we tend to think that we have a real conscious sort of... Oh, like we, we consciously can control what we eat and what we crave as such. Or, you know, like the cravings that we get, we can consciously control. But a lot of it is subconscious, okay? And this is where food environment really comes into play because what we have around us affects these cravings as such. You know, I mean, for example, dead quick example. Let's say if I waft the donut under your nose, are you going to crave a donut? Probably. You're going to want to eat it, right? If I don't wave that donut under your nose, are you going to want it? You might do, but you're much less likely to want it if you've never seen it or smelt it, okay? And that's just a simple way of thinking about this. Like... If you have foods that you struggle with eating, keep them out of the house. Don't have them in the house. Because if you know they're there, you're going to crave them. Okay? And if they're not there and you crave them, and this is what happens to me, absolutely happens to me, is I soon forget about them because I'm like, oh, well, I really want it, but you know what? I can't have it. And if I, if I want it, I have to go out and fetch it. I'm like, mm, can't be bothered. So just keep them out of the house because basically the less exposure you have to something, the less likely you are to crave it. Now, I understand that you may not be able to keep them out of the house for whatever reason. So if you can't, again, just reduce your exposure to them. You know, don't have them on the side or you open a cupboard and they fall out on top of you. Put them at the back of cupboards. Put them in pantries or garages. You know, hide them behind better foods. Basically, put them at high cupboards, you know, ones that you don't really see. Again, you're just reducing your exposure to them. You know, and again, this goes for like sort of buying habits as well you know stop buying multi-packs yes i know it's cheaper but if you have 10 bags of crisps in the house and you open one you're probably going to open more if you only have two bags you can only eat two bags right also like sort of the routes that you take if you always walk past the bakery and you can't help but go in stop walking past the bakery if you Drive past McDonald's on the way to the work and you can't stop yourself from going to McDonald's. Drive a different way. You know, just stop exposing yourself to these cues that trigger these cravings, right? Because the less often that you see them, the less often that you're exposed to even the sights, smells, 
people talking about it, things like that, the less often that you're exposed to these, the less often you're gonna crave it, and the less often you're likely to say yes. It's all about exposure. Just reduce your exposure as much as you can. I cannot, cannot sort of play down the importance of food environment. I think it is the biggest one by far, okay? Next one. Realize that a lot of the time cravings come from how foods make us feel and not the food itself. Yes, food does have, some particular foods have certain properties that make us want them and in particular want, make us want to eat more once we've started. But I do find a lot of the time what we eat is sort of a, like a comfort, it's a defense mechanism or it's a learned habit. So a lot of the time, it's an emotion and it's a response that we're trying to fulfill that we use food for, okay? So we're bored or we're stressed or we're angry and food makes us feel better, right? We can probably all relate to this at some point in our life. Or it's a learned habit, you know? I was talking about this to one of um, people in my group earlier, like, it's a habit, right? Where if, say, example, I did a, a post about evening snacking last week where... It's almost like a learned habit that when we sit down at night to watch TV, we just automatically crack open the wine or eat snacks because they go together, right? Eat, eat like watching TV and drinking wine, they go together. Watching TV and eating snacks, it just go, they just go together. It's just a habit that we've developed. Um, but what you'll find is that you can, particularly with the emotion side of this, you can basically replace one habit with the other. So let's say, for example, that you find that you're a stress eater and you eat in response to stress. You get stressed, you reach for the cookies, the cookies make you feel better. So now you've done that so many times that you just automatically reach for the cookies when you get stressed. Once you've identified that stress is your trigger, you can now find a different strategy to fulfill that need than eating. So what I always say to people is, make a list of activities that you enjoy doing that relieve stress for you. I don't know, yoga, meditation, go for a walk, like a punch bag, whatever. Now, next time you get a craving and you realize that you're, doing, you're getting this craving because of stress, instead of reaching for the cookies, go and do your activity, okay? And what you'll find is over time, you can replace one habit with the other, because that's literally all it is. This food is just a comfort to make you feel better, but you can do that elsewhere. You can do that with something else like these activities. And essentially, like I said, it's replacing one habit with the other. Now it takes time because learned habits are usually forged over years and it's not easy, right? But over time, basically, the less often you reach for food in response to stress, the more you weaken that connection. The more often that you go for a walk or whatever your activity is in response to stress, the more you strengthen that connection. And that's all habits are. They're just neural pathways that are just built over time through repetition. So the more often you do the new habit, the stronger that will get and the less strong the old habit will get. Okay? It just takes time. Okay? Next one kind of goes into this is what we call urge surfing. So... This is based on the premise of how cravings sort of, how they come and go, etc. So think of a craving like a wave. So it comes up, okay? It peaks and then it goes back down, okay? And the most important thing that I want you to remember about this analogy is that they go down, okay? Cravings do go away given time. The biggest issue we have is people don't give it enough time, okay? They give into it. 
before they can subside, okay? So, what you can do with this is, a great tip along this is to journal, okay? So, almost become like curious about your cravings. So, use a journal and basically what you wanna do is just document your cravings. You know, notice um, sort of how long they last, what the trigger was, how like intense they were on a scale of one to 10, and then notice that they do go away given time. So the next, next time when you get a craving, you can go back to your journey and you can say, well, you know what? I know that this is gonna be a nine out of 10. It's gonna be crap and it's gonna suck for about an hour. But then I know that after an hour, it usually goes away. So now what you can do is you can use that information and now you can say, well, you know what? This is gonna suck for about an hour. But after that, it'll probably go away. And that's just gonna help you next time rather than giving into it because you know that it, you've done it before, right? It just gives you understanding of your craving and just help you in the future. And a great sort of little tip for this is to think of three Ps. So pause, process, proceed. Like I said before, most people tend to get a craving and they act on it straight away. They don't sort of pause, think about it. But if you do this, again, you become more curious and you, you tend to understand your cravings a bit more. And that pause gives you time to reflect on whether you're actually hungry or whether you're eating in response to an emotion, okay? And what this does, again, it just gives you time to notice that. So again, you can maybe do your activity like we spoke about in the last step. Or you just get a better understanding of what your cravings are gonna be like and how long they're gonna be and how much they suck. So now you know that they will go away and how bad they will be, but you can use that information to you know, almost get through it again this time, right? And just becoming, again, just becoming more curious and understanding and just how they work. It just gives you that information to help you in the future. Okay, two more. No, three more. This is a quick one. So, big important thing again is cravings only start to reduce in intensity and frequency once you stop giving in to them. You have to stop giving in to them. Yes, I know they suck. I know it's hard. But the more you give in to them, the more you reinforce that habit and the harder it's going to be to get out of that cycle. Okay? Um, and this just isn't about willpower because see, so many people say, yeah, just have more willpower. Just don't do it. Just don't eat it. I mean, if it was that simple, everybody would do it, right? But it's not that simple. Willpower is finite. You can only use it on so many different things. Um, and it, you know, it won't always get you through these tough situations. So use everything that we've spoken about tonight. Use these strategies, like your food environment, like your journaling, because by doing and using these strategies, you have to rely on willpower less. And I saw an interesting study not long ago where they basically just talked about all these people that have this amazing amount of willpower. And basically these people don't really have any more willpower than people that seem to have less as such. You know, we all think these people have amazing willpower and we have none. But that's not necessarily true. These people that look like they have loads of willpower and self-restraint, they actually just use strategies that mean that they don't have to use it as much. Because if you don't have to use it as much, you don't have to practice it, then, you know, you're less likely to sort of have to give in to these temptations because you're not putting yourself in situations that make you use your willpower. So by, you know, practicing or sort of having to use it less, it almost looks like they're better at it, but they're just using it less. So 
it's not as difficult for them because they're not putting themselves in those situations, right? So use these other strategies and don't just rely on willpower. Next one, flexible dieting. So flexible dieting has been shown in the research to be better than restrictive dieting. So we call like flexible dieting research sort of use having like planned and controlled indulgences and restrictive dieting is sort of, oh, I'm not going to eat this and banning foods and banning food groups, things like that. So flexible dieting has been shown to be better or associated with better results for long-term weight loss um, and less frequencies of disordered eating and also better control and management of cravings. And obviously that's the most important thing that's relevant to this video. So it's almost like for a lot of people, having a little bit and allowing themselves to have a little bit stops them having a lot and binging. Because I think I, what I find with a lot of people is they say, no, I'm not going to eat it. I'm not having it. And then they do so well for so long that all of a sudden they binge on it because they've been telling themselves that they can't have it. But the thing is, there's nothing that you can't eat, right? Nothing is off limits. There are no good and bad foods. There are no healthy or unhealthy foods. All you have is the sum of the diet. You have to look at the diet as the sum of its parts as such, right? And again, what we tend to find in most people is that if they allow themselves to have a little bit, it stops them binging, okay? And if you can fit it into your plan, there's no reason why you can't do that, okay? So give that a try. And finally, sleep. It's just a quick one on sleep. Um, just because both lack of quality and lack of quantity of sleep have both been shown to in basically increase hunger. So increase hunger in general, but also increase hunger for certain types of food. And these certain types of food tend to be the processed foods that are high in fat and high in sugar. So essentially junk food. And, you know, these are tend to be like the types of food that we struggle with eating, you know, not eating anyway. So, you know, the, the food that we tend to get cravings for. So the, la you know, the last thing that we really need to do is sleep less and increase these cravings and increase this drive to eat these types of food, right? So nail sleep for cravings, but also, I mean, sleep is... I could talk about sleep for hours. There is literally nothing that sort of negative, um, sorry, a lack of sleep will negatively impact. It is so important for everything. But again, in relation to this video, lack of sleep, both quality and quantity, because both are important, has been shown to increase our drive to eat, to eat in general, but also our drive to eat certain foods. And again, they tend to be the type of foods that we crave, the sugary foods, the fatty foods, basically junk food. So get your sleep on point. Okay, I think that is everything that I wanted to say. That was long, right? 16 minutes. Well, not long for me, but felt long. So if you are still here, or if you're watching it back, again, hit like. Doesn't matter if you've already hit like on the video. Just do it again. Again, it just pushes the video out to more people. Drop a comment, you know, say hi, let me know where you're from. Maybe there's something that you found useful, let me know. It's always nice to hear. Maybe you have a question. Again, it doesn't have to be about what we've spoken about tonight. Thank you for the likes, guys. Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be what we've spoken about tonight. It can be any, any topic that's been, you know, burning away at you. And again, if you don't want to put it on the video, that's fine. Send me a message privately, whatever. Uh, and even if you're not watching it live, you can still put it on. I'll still see it. 
if you guys are listening on the podcast, you can probably switch off now, but don't forget again to you know share it with your friends. And if you are listening to it on the Apple podcast, please do leave a review just because again, it does just help it uh, just for more people to see it. And I think that's it. If you're watching on the video, there are some freebies in the post, um, just like a free ebook and a, well, a free ebook on basically the basics of weight loss, sort of nutrition, exercise, mindset. I know some people have used this to lose up to 10 pounds, which is pretty cool. And also a free nutrition, well, free recipe book, should I say. 12 recipes, easy to make, tastes pretty damn good. Uh, have all the calorie information, etc. in there. I think that's everything that I wanted to say. So if there are no questions for now, I will bid you adieu. Uh, and we'll be back next time, next Thursday. I'm going to make these a regular thing on Thursdays now. So yeah, if you have any questions in the meantime, um, in between the videos, let me know. And I can either answer them on the video or I can answer just in general, in person. Um, sorry, like over messenger, etc. So yeah, and that's it. Thank you for tuning in as always. And I shall oh, have a great weekend and I shall see you next time. Thank you.